Welcome to the Sunday Morning Bible Study at Whitestone Christian Fellowship, taught by Pastor Bob Lorenz. We're located in the village of Victor, a little southeast of Rochester, New York. Pastor Bob teaches line by line and verse by verse from the Word of God. Now, let's join this week's Sunday Morning Bible Study, already in progress. Just a quick reminder before we get into the Word, just please turn your cell phones off if you have them with you, or flip them over to airplane mode, whichever is more convenient. Our reading this morning, as we mentioned, is in Matthew chapter 13, verses 13 to 17. And if you're just joining us on the internet today, we encourage you to just uh, read along with us in the Word. Matthew 13, 13 to 7, and we'll be getting into uh, Luke 21, verses 8 to 33 for the message. We do welcome all of our listeners and all, all those here today. So join me with Matthew 13, beginning at verse 13, we'll read through verse 17. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard. Jesus is so pointed about his people. He understands that they are a rebellious and stiff-necked people. He knows each of our hearts, and yet he adopts the Gentiles into his family and into his inheritance. And in many places he has said, I would not have you ignorant in his teachings, and he tells them something. He tells them not to be deceived. And it's interesting as we just finished up the book of uh, Ephesians, that, that that is one of the things that he has said in the last two chapters on a couple of occasions. Do not be deceived. And literally, it's because there are going to be deceivers out in the world preaching the gospel, calling themselves God, calling, them, calling themselves the Redeemer and the Savior, calling themselves the Second Coming. Uh, for whatever reason, they're, they all turn themselves into false prophets when they do that. And so he warns us ahead of time. But in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 21, 
He is uh, just a few days away, maybe a week away from His crucifixion. He's in Jerusalem for Passover week. And one of the one of the cornerstones of the Jewish faith was the temple at Jerusalem. And any time they got into Jerusalem, the people would ooh and ah over the glory of the temple. It wasn't like the glory of the first temple. This was the temple that Herod built for them. But the stones were huge. And Jesus had told them before too long there would not be one stone left upon another. They looked at him and said, see these great stones, this great edifice, this marvelous building, how beautiful it is. And it, was, it was a beautiful building. But it was only a matter of like 40 years after Jesus' resurrection that a general from the Roman army named Titus came in and seized every city tore down every temple, including the temple of Jerusalem. They have measured some of the stones that, are, that remain on the sidewalks in Jerusalem around the temple where they were pushed off. And many of them were in the 20-ton range. We sometimes wonder how on earth they could have been moved into place in the first place. But they all came down and the temple was burned. There is a smaller temple up in Capernaum where Jesus made His ministry headquarters. And the ruins of it are built upon the ruins of a previous temple there. And you can still see the soot and scorch marks of the fire. It's an incredibly sad picture what the Romans did to Jerusalem and to all of the temples in Israel. In Luke 21, beginning at verse 8, they had asked, well, I'm going I'm to back up just a little bit. I'm going to go back to verse 5 in chapter 21 of Luke. And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, as for these things which you behold, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's what General Titus did from the Roman army. And many of those stones are still there on the sidewalks surrounding the temple location. I think it was in 96 when I was there. Everybody, everybody from the tour that we were in, they all got up and they sat on the stones of the temple and took a group picture. It was a wonderful reminder for all of us that were there about the fellowship we had on the tour, but it was also a remind, reminder that God's Word is absolutely true. Absolutely true. It's inescapable. 
But while they're there, the apostles, they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? He tells them that the, the things are going to be left in ruins. And they say, oh yeah, when? Is there a sign that we should look for? How will we know? This goes right along with our study in Ephesians, where in chapter 5 it said to walk circumspectly. Being aware of the things around us. Being alert to who we're with. Where we are. And maybe even being aware of the political climate. Now, during Paul's days, when he was teaching in Ephesus, it was a, a Roman, it was under Roman rule. During Jesus' day, Israel was under Roman occupation. So being alert to the things, even in the political re- arena, is important for all of us. Anti-Semitism is on the rise again worldwide. And Christian persecution is on the rise in subtle little ways. But it's spreading and it's growing. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of these things coming to pass? And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Self-proclaimed Christs and Redeemers only set themselves up to be false prophets. We've seen that, well, maybe not in everybody's lifetime here, but in many of us, we've seen everything from Jim Jones in Guyana to Waco, Texas. To the Applegate cult that was going to jump off on a comet when it went by. And we laugh at those things, especially especially the Applegate cult. But nonetheless, there are men that come up and say, I'm a prophet. I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must come to pass. But the end is not by and by. The end is not yet. Now, we're hearing of wars all over the world. We're, we're alert and aware of the political climate all around the world. We're watching the world move towards a one-world economy a one-world social structure, a one-world religion even. 
at least four or five of the last popes of the Catholic Church have taken, taken part and hosted conferences, including the leaders of Islam, Buddhism, shamanism, all kinds of cults, all kinds of belief systems, even Native American Indians. It's incredible what's going on. And that church has got a wonderful ecumenical movement. They would even like to solidify all of the Protestant churches with them again. And the current pope is a heretic. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, commotions. And this, this passage echoes what is taught in Matthew 24. So this is not just a single standalone uh, story or parable. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you. Now he's talking to his, to his disciples. He's warning them that difficult times lay ahead for anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, for anyone who believes in the faithfulness of Jehovah God. They shall lay hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up into the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my namesake because of Jesus and our belief in Him. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. For a testimony. You'll be able to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ in glowing terms and give a testimony about Him, not yourself necessarily. You'll be able to tell them how Jesus gave you a second chance and how He is Lord of all, and you love Him, and you worship Him. But those are going to be difficult times. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or to resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there is not a hair on your head that will perish. In your patience, possess ye your souls.
tribulation worketh patience. So we get to exercise the gift of patience that the Lord gives us. To wait. To wait on the Lord and to see things through to the end. And then we would know what it is that the Lord is talking about and God's Word would be fulfilled in our lives. We're watching it already be fulfilled in our headlines, in our media, in our news reports, in our news magazines, in our newspapers. We're hearing and watching the media fulfill God's Word and history fulfill God's Word online. These are incredible times that we live in. And I'm glad that we're alive during this time to see this all come to pass. But in verse 20, he continues and he says about the destruction of Jerusalem. It's being foretold. He's prophesying about it. When you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is near. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck, In those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. So he's moving from the tribulation and the trials that the apostles and disciples are going to experience into even more troubles later on. He'll see distress among nations. And it's interesting, when when General Titus from the Roman army went through Israel. He destroyed every temple. He drove the Jews out. And for almost 2,000 years, they did not return to the land. But in 1948, they did return to the land. And the land began to blossom and to grow. But we have to be very aware that the armies of the Middle East are still surrounding Jerusalem. The end times began on that first Pentecost after the resurrection. But now we're watching the last days approach. And from where we sit and from what we see in the Middle East and in our lives, in our own country and in other countries of the world, it's coming at us like a freight train. And there will be no stopping it because God's Word says that it won't be stopped. He will allow it to continue until the day of His second coming. And then every knee will bow Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and He will rule and reign from 
King David's throne in Jerusalem. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We are in the times of the Gentiles. We are in the times when the Gentiles are ruling the world. And the Gentile, the phrase or the, the, the name or the title Gentiles is all-inclusive to anyone that is not a Jew. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon earth distress of nations. Do we see any distress of nations today? How many blood moons have we seen in the last five years? Multiple blood moons. How many times have we heard of coups taking over a country? Or wars against nations? And it's interesting here, it, says, it said, we just read it, that there would be, there would be wars and fightings of nations and of people. It's interesting that the Ukraine, the Ukrainians are all a Russian people. And now the Russians are fighting them. They're fighting their own brethren. We watched the Prime Minister of Syria gas his own people in the last decade. We're watching a pandemic that was developed to control the world population. And people are falling left and right. And most not notably, young men, strong, on the world's sports teams, in high school, in college, and well into their 40s are falling left and right. And because they all traveled so much, they all had to be vaxxed. Or else they wouldn't be able to get to the next game. We are in the midst of a huge trial and a huge plan. We're watching the finances of the United States go down the tubes. We're watching the finances all over the world go down the tubes. Inflation is at an all-time high. We're watching the price of eggs go through the roof. Bread. Meats. Go right through the roof. And we don't have it as bad as some other countries. Israel itself has always been under a time of severe inflation. But now it seems that there is 
Well, there's there's people that want to not only cause a monetary inflation by printing more money, but also creating more demand for the goods that we desire for food, shelter, and clothing. Just talking about the eggs, we're talking about warehouses of commodity that are being burned and destroyed. Bird flu being introduced into their flocks of hens so that demand goes up so they can raise the prices further. And you're paying, you're paying an inflated price because the money isn't worth anything today. It's no longer backed by gold. It's only backed by the Federal Reserve. And that means it's only worth the paper it's printed on. Signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. In Genesis, when, when it tells us that God created the heavens and the earth and the stars and the sun and the moon were to be for signs. Signs in the skies. It's those signs in the skies that brought the Magi to Jerusalem during the time that Christ was born. They were watching these Magi, these Zero-Austrians, they were watching the sun and the stars and the moon, the movement of the entire star field they kept track of. And they also kept track of the, the holy writings of several different religions. So when they saw something in the sky that corresponded to something in the Jewish texts, they said, this is big. We've got to go see it. And so they packed their camels and their horses and they came. And they were introduced to the Christ child in Jerusalem and Bethlehem just when he was a couple of years old. God's Word is true. So all of these things that we've just read about trials and tribulations, the great tribulation hasn't even begun yet. There shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon earth, distress of nations with perplexity. This word perplexity in the, in the Greek, it means there's no, there's no remedy for it. Everything, are so, everything is so interconnected and enmeshed in other issues that they can't be separated out. And the problems begin to multiply. When you, when you solve one problem, another one pops up over here. And you end up putting out fires without really getting to the source of it, which is spiritual wickedness in high places. Men's hearts, well, I need to finish that. Distress among nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Heading hurricanes or cyclones? Had any tsunamis lately? They're everywhere all over the world. Men's hearts failing them for fear. 
and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. There are reports of booms, of rumblings, and nobody knows what the source of them are. You can hear them for miles. In this latest earthquake in Syria and Turkey, that's what the people said because it was a shallow earthquake. It came with a boom and an explosion and people began to fear. Some people watched their houses crumble around them and yet they themselves escaped. Other people were in their homes and were covered in rubble. More than 12,000 have died just in those two earthquakes alone. Men's hearts shall fail them for fear and for looking for those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud and power with power and great glory. Then these things shall begin to come to pass. When you see these things come to pass, he says, look up, for your salvation draweth nigh. It's during times of these great trials, natural and unnatural disasters, when people tend to fear for their lives and they do look up. Whether they're atheists or whether they're believers, they cry out and they say, God, what's going on? And that's a moment of, oppor a moment of opportunity. A moment to reach out and encourage them with a relationship with Jesus Christ who controls all things. If He can still the waves on the Sea of Galilee, He can do it anywhere. He can do it in the oceans. He can do it in the seas. He can do it in the lakes. He can do it in the ponds. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to happen, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. There's the signs of His second coming. Distress of nations, famines, diseases, wars and rumors of wars. Nations fighting against nation and ethnicities fighting against ethnicities. Tribes and nations. And it's interesting, even, even within the Muslim community, the Sunnis fight the Shiites. And there are 55 other sects of Islam. Some are peaceful. Some are right on the edge of breaking loose. 
when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. In one of the Scriptures in the Gospels, it tells us that this generation shall not pass away before all these things be fulfilled. And it speaks of when Israel becomes a nation again. And as I mentioned before, that was in 1948 in May. I was born about a month after that. And I'm getting pretty old these days. (laughs) I'm not the oldest one here, I know. Calm down. (laughs) But it says that this generation shall not pass away. So if you were alive in 1948, your generation is not going to pass away before all these things come to pass. We're seeing it. We're reading it. And some of us are hoping for it. Because what comes next is not the judgment of God for the believer. What comes next for the believer is the rapture of the church and judgment to an unbelieving world through the great tribulation period. Seven years that finish out the 70 weeks that are spoken of in the book of Daniel the prophet. That in itself is an interesting study. But because their ears were shut up and their eyes were blinded, because they did not walk circumspectly, in fact, even while, even while Jerusalem was being invaded by the Babylonians and the Chaldeans, the people of Jerusalem, the tribes of, of Judah and Benjamin, they thought they were impervious to being carried away in captivity. They said, look, we have the temple. We have the temple. Nobody's going to tear tear the temple down. But within a matter of months, they were all carted off into captivity in Babylon for a period of 70 years. It's interesting, when they were in captivity in Egypt, they were there for 400 years. And after they returned to the land from Babylon, when they were released, very soon afterwards, there were 400 more years of silence between the prophet Malachi and the introduction to the Savior in the beginning of Matthew. 400 years of judgment, 400 years of silence, That's judgment. That's a broken relationship. When you don't hear from a friend, you know it's a broken relationship. When you don't hear from your God for 400 years, that's a problem. Even as the Lord calls them His own, they speak of their faithfulness with their lips, but their hearts are far from God. And so because their hearts are hardened, because their ears are stopped up, He teaches them in parables. 
And this next passage is the first part of, the, of one of the parables. And he spake to them a parable, Behold, the fig tree and all the trees. Now the fig tree has always been associated with the nation of Israel. It's been used in many parables regarding Israel. And the same thing is true here. It is consistent with all the other uses of the fig tree and the parables surrounding them. When they show, when they now shoot forth, you see and know your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. You know, when you go out shopping in the malls or shopping in the stores, and the end of October you start to see the Christmas trees and Christmas decorations go on sale, you know that Thanksgiving is coming. Christmas is coming, yes, but Thanksgiving is coming too because you know that Thanksgiving comes before Christmas. It's real easy. When you see that, you know what's coming next. And so when they now shoot forth, you see and now know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Any place where Jesus is, we can consider to be the kingdom of God because He brings His kingdom because He's the ruling king. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I'm going to be faithful to my word because I've spoken it and I'm true to my word and I cannot lie. I cannot lie. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. Surfeiting is an interesting word. It, it means pain from drinking too much wine. It's a hangover. It's overindulgence. It's partying. And everything that goes with it. Now, in, in one of Peter's epistles, he says, many of you ask, when is the Lord coming? And you forget about the fact that He's coming. You want to know when. And because He delays His coming, you think He's not coming at all. So He says, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or, or excited about drinking yourself into a stupor and suffering the hangovers and drunkenness and cares of this life. Do the cares of, a, of this life overwhelm us sometimes? You bet they do. We're all susceptible to that. That's one of the common afflictions of human beings. That Jesus taught us, I think in Luke 11, Luke 12, He says, follow after the th things of God and His kingdom, and all the rest shall be added unto you. 
and all the rest that he's referring to are the things of the world, food, shelter, and clothing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the rest will be added to you. Don't be, don't let your hearts be overcharged with drinking and drunkenness, the cares of this life, so that that day comes upon you unaware. You know, when you're partying and you're, you're drunk or you're hurting after being drunk, you know, the only thing you care about is being able to stand upright and not be in pain. You forget about responsibilities. You forget about your, your duties. You forget about sometimes your job. You forget about your relationships. When you talk about surfeiting and drunkenness, relationships are quite often the last thing on your mind. Because we hurt the ones who are closest to us, the ones that love us, when we're caught up in that kind of habit or lifestyle. Cares of this love, of this life, so that the day comes upon you unawares. You're not even alert. You haven't been walking circumspectly. And this thing comes on you like a ton of bricks. And you wonder, how the heck did this happen? I didn't see this coming. I wasn't familiar enough with God's Word. I wasn't familiar enough with God's Word. We can see things coming. Do you want to know why they're coming? It's in God's Word. The breakdown of relationships. Starting with the breakdown of the relationship between our Heavenly Father and us. That's the beginning. Even as Paul wrote to the Romans in the first chapter. When they knew God, neither were they thankful. And they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. They forgot to give thanks to God. They forgot to look into His Word. They forgot to be diligent in studying His words. If we want to find Him, we have to search for Him with all our hearts. And He says, I will be found of you, saith the Lord, when you search for Me with all your hearts. That's from the prophet Jeremiah. 700 years before Christ. It's incredible. His Word is still true. Don't be caught up in the cares of this life so that that day comes upon you and you're not aware of it. For as a snare shall come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth, watch you, therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And in that day, in the daytime, he was teaching in the temple. And at night, he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. When the people knew that Jesus was in town, 
they came. Now they had, they had spent the last several weeks traveling south to Jerusalem from around the Sea of Galilee where the ministry was, was home-based in Capernaum. The miracles that were performed around the Galilee. The people thronged and came to hear Him because they, they heard. By word of mouth, they heard Jesus was coming or Jesus was going to be there. So now that He's in Jerusalem... He was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and abode in the mount that is called the Mount of Olives. And in verse 38, it closes out the chapter, and it says, And all the people came early in the morning to him in the temple for to hear him. He's praying in the temple that was raised up to honor him, to honor his presence. Emmanuel. God among us. He didn't build a rep up a reputation by himself. People built, him, built his reputation up. They spread it far and wide from Syria to beyond Jordan. And the people came and they followed him because his word was true and it was just filled with wisdom. And it was also, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, He said, My word is spirit, and it is truth. We need to plan on that. As John wrote to the seven churches in Revelation, he said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He said that seven times as John addressed the different churches and basically described the different ages of the church age. But in order to hear Jesus' words, we have to be filled with the Spirit. He that hath the Spirit, let him hear what the Lord says. Heavenly Father, let us hear the things that you have for us to learn. We praise you for your faithfulness. We look at these things that are coming in the world. We're seeing them being fulfilled. And whether it's the real thing or whether it's a dress rehearsal, it really doesn't matter because it's going to challenge us, Lord. Are we looking up when we see these things coming? Or are we still out in drunkenness and surfeiting and partying, even as Jesus told us that the last days will be as the days of Noah, with eating and partying and drinking. People get caught up in that. We get caught up with, in this country, we get caught up with visits to the bar, Cocktail parties, banquets of celebration. And during those times, we are not thinking about the end times and the destruction that's going on around us. 
Lord, build us in empathy and compassion. If we walk circumspectly, let us acknowledge that there are many prayer needs out there that are going unprayed for. And if it's not here among our own family and friends and our circle of, of our community, it's in another country someplace. There's very few places that are not under persecution for one reason or another. We think of Buddhists being a peaceful people and a peaceful religion. But it's the militant Buddhists that are raging up and down the streets of Myanmar. It's the militant Muslims who are killing and burning tribes and villages in Africa and carting away their young women and girls. Lord, these are difficult times and sometimes it is difficult to pray for all of those that need it. And perhaps even more difficult to pray for those that are perpetrating these crimes and these murders and these persecutions. But Lord, it's coming, it's coming to the Christians too. A little bit more slowly, but it's coming. We're watching our Congress members begin to pose laws that would make it illegal to do anything that follows the laws of Christ. Lord, we pray for our country. We pray for all of those on our prayer list. Again, we lift them up to You, Lord. Heal and touch. But perhaps more than anything, Lord, we ask that You would send Your Holy Spirit Fill us with Your Holy Spirit, Lord, please. We don't want to be caught unawares. The difficult times are ahead of us. We praise You, Lord, and we thank You. Go with us this week. Take our hand as we cross that parking lot. And don't let go. We praise You again, Lord. We honor You and we bless Your name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. From Psalm 67, verses 1 and 2, be merciful. God, be merciful to us and bless us. Cause His face to shine upon us that Thy way may be known upon earth, Thy saving health among all nations. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Next week we're going to look at some of the uh, some of the Old Testament prophecies. We're going to look at who these countries are that are going to be giving us a hard time. They're named, they're identified, and we know who they are. So to be forewarned is somewhat to be forearmed. Libya, the Persians. Gog and his country, Magog. They're all coming, and many of them are aligned together with treaties. 
to come to each other's aid. God bless you. We'll look at that next week. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Walk with our King. Thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Bible Study at Whitestone Christian Fellowship, taught by Pastor Bob Lorenz. To access the list of teachings or to check the archives for Pastor Bob's weekly observations column, log on to whitestonecf.com. There you can also check the weekly schedule and any upcoming events. To contact us or to drop a note to Pastor Bob, you can email us at whitestonecf at gmail.com or call us at 585-924-8820. Whitestone Christian Fellowship is a non-denominational congregation. Every Sunday, Pastor Bob walks us through the Bible, teaching line upon line and verse by verse. And we're located in the village of Victor, a little southeast of Rochester, New York. And if you're in the area, we invite you to visit us. From upstate New York, Pastor Bob encourages all of us to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. Until next time, remember that Jesus is our victor. Stay close to Him.